Come on, come all, come gather round. Come hear tales both lost and found. Grab yourself a drink with a splash of lime. It's David and Michael's story time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode and conclusion question mark of our uh, much longer than I anticipated series on the Andalite Chronicles. Uh, as your uh, uh, captain turned Nothlet, David Miller, uh, that's me. And I'm just a human girl named Lauren <laughs> at an extraordinary adventure. I really want to get back to the mall and my friends. Sure. Michael Santel. Michael Santel. All right. Um, yeah, so we're kind of going to just roll right back in. Um, for us, obviously, it's only been about two minutes since we ended the last episode. For all of you listening, it's been at least a week, so welcome back. Uh, <laughs> Got myself a sparkling water berry LaCroix. I'm ready to get into it. I honestly did not expect this to go to three episodes. I expected probably two, but this, this just takes some time to get through. And I gotta tell you, this book is about double to almost three times as long as a normal Animorph book, so that makes sense. But it there's just looks, so much shit happening in this book. It looks triple the size. And when you showed me the the other books look like Goosebumps books. Yeah. This book looks like Harry Potter and this the Sorcerer's Stone. This is a fucking novel. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. looks like a big old fucking yeah. book. Yeah. So brief recap. Sure. Uh, we uh, uh, we got away from the tax on Homeworld. Um, Arbron, our, our, our lost friend uh, who was stuck in tax on Morph. We learned, I think last episode was when we learned that, um, uh, he remained on the Taxon homeworld, and we got Aloran back, but then, you know, lots of trickery and double crossings happened, and now... A lot, lot, of, lot of in one ear and out the other ear, a lot yeah. of ear action going and on. now Aloran is uh, controlled by Visser 32, formerly mm-hmm. sub Visser 7, uh, and I'm, I'm sure by now, and I think even... At one point in the last episode, I slipped up and said his future name, but I'm sure you can guess who that is. Sure, of course. That is, I mean, I'll just fucking tell you, that's Visser 3, motherfucker! (laughs) He improved 30 spots over the next 30 years. 29, but yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) That's a rank a year, that's pretty good. Uh, So, uh, what else was happening? Oh, so we were in a, a pitched space battle against living asteroids and yurks. We had to work together for at some point with Visser 32 to get the time matrix back into the ship, but then we all fought for control over it and found ourselves traveling through time. A, a great mystical eternal being laughed at us and then blackout. Prepare yourself. Okay, I'm going to predictions. I think that this time that now that we're in this time, something, I don't know what the reset is going to be. I don't think it solves everything, but we are going to get back. Um, there, so what happens? What happens? They take, listen, at the end of the story, Lauren goes back to earth. I feel okay. confident in that. Where do you think we're the, immediately going to end up? It's going to be in one of the three minds it's going to be in a psychic mind world of the three and i feel like lauren was maybe winning that so we're going to be at like the mall like it's going to be the mall it's going to be like a school track meet they're right. like what's going on here we open on a fuddruckers uh- <laughs> <laughs> burgers your own way that sounds pretty appealing <laughs> 
Um, and then also, I don't think we're going to have any more deaths, but I feel that the ramifications of this book are going to be felt through, will be felt for time in memoriam. This will become a thing that we have to talk about. Boy, will it. Uh, okay, okay, great. <laughs> uh, I want you specifically to remember one of the things that you just said. Um, uh, and I'll point, well, I'll point it out to you later, but okay. I want you, I want you to know how right you were. Uh, Thanks. For something. I mean, Fuddruckers does have great burgers, so I feel like I've said it already. Cool. Yeah, it is about Fuddruckers. Uh, so, no. <laughs> All right. So, um, we open. Uh, Elfangor wakes up on what well, looks like the Andalite homeworld. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, alone. There's no one near him. He recognizes a big tree near him called the Gariba tree. Which was a, is a big like it's like a it's almost got kind of like a spiritual connection. It's alive, but it communicates, but through a weird sort of spiritual vibe kind of way. It's a world tree. It's a world tree. Sure. Yeah. Um. Uh. He has kind of a moment, like a soft, quiet moment with it, where he like kind of does a little ritual, sort of like praying to it almost. Um. And he he like essentially opens his spirit to it, and it's like this ritual of forgiveness because he feels so awful he he his friend arbron for the the desecration of the andalite that is aloran now like right, right. The ab- they call him the abomination um because he's now the only and, and first andalite controller you know so he has kind of this moment he like sobs to this tree and he does feel a little better uh for for going through that but he understands that the tree is not going to solve anything Um, right and then he thinks to himself okay well if we use the time matrix and now i'm here and here is home when is here right this tree that i just had this moment with is seven thousand years old the last time i saw it so it could be any time during that right. time. Anywhere right? in that tree's life cycle, in that 70,000 years, this could be real. He kind of starts walking in the direction that his home would be in, were he there at that time. And he starts to recognize things that he remembers from back home. This stream kind of going off that way, those things there, that clump of trees, like stuff like that. Um, and so he's like, oh, well, maybe maybe my home is here. And so he runs, he kind of comes over this hill, and there he sees it, his home scoop which is what they call them. Um, uh, but behind it is a waterfall, which was not there before. And in fact... And now he's jonesing for a cigarette. He's like, boy, fact, I could really use one of those he recognizes cylinders. it as the waterfall from that cigarette ad. Oh, so this world is an amalgamation of their minds. You literally said the sentence. It, it, they are going to a mind world... Of the three of them. Yeah. And I want you to know how right you were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're interacting with this living technology and all three of it. Okay. Which means that, like, does that girl secretly smoke cigarettes? Like, why did that ad That's there because he was thinking of the ad. Got it. The images from Earth that were there before Lauren touched the Time Matrix were from Elfangor's mind. Because he had looked at pictures of Earth. Okay. 
Um, he goes to the waterfall. So he goes to a high ridge to like kind of look out over the landscape and see what he can tell is going on. And he's, the first thing he notices is the sky, what seems to be a patchwork of like three different skies. Yes. The familiar yeah. red gold of his Andalite homeworld, the blue with fluffy clouds of what he presumes is Earth, and the kind of sickening green strewn with lightning flashes of the Yurk homeworld. Uh, terrifying. The fact that two of those sky, like the, the terrifying. Uh, there are no others around that he can tell. His family is not here at his home scoop. Nothing like that. He finds uh, the ground is also a patchwork of like these three different planets, kind of lining up with the sky that they're under. So like, oh, I'm on Andalite ground and Andalite sky up until this like very clear line, and now it's Yerk world, Yerk sky, very clear line, Earth world, or you know, you, you get it. Sure. Um, so, uh, uh, he, <laughs> he gets to a part where it's the Yurk-like world, and he sees that there are some creatures, like, kind of walking around, like a little fumbling, kind of, like, dopey-looking thing. There's, like, a tongue that, like, shoots out of the ground and, like, grabs it and slurps it down, and, like, you know, um... George Lucas helped design Yeah, this like that guy from the beginning of, uh, sure. of, of Return of the Jedi, absolutely. Sure. Um, so he wonders, one, where the fuck is the Time Matrix? Two, where is Lauren? Right? And he figures she's probably on some Earth part. If I wound up at an Andalite part, she's probably on some Earth part. But, like, which one? So he goes to the waterfall, since it's, like, pretty tall and it's kind of like a landmark. Um, um, and the pool where it crashes down into is surrounded by, like, woods. And the woods are very clearly, like, three parts. There's familiar Andalite trees, what look like Earth trees, and then, like, barren Yurk land. Sure. Um, and he finds Lauren there and she, uh, recognizes like that part of the woods from back home. It's like the woods back, back behind where she like plays softball. Sure. Right. Um, and so they figure that the time matrix works by needing to be thought about like where it needs to go. Um, and because the three of them were controlling it, it tried to create this sort of melding of the three. A battle world, an amalgamation of all the worlds. Uh, they turn around, and Visitor 32 is there with his two pets. I'm gonna from, des- his, from his home world? Correct, and I'm going to describe them to you. What are, these things what are is a... fucking nuts. I will yeah, tell you, I... they are called Mortrons. And do you get to do you get to go inside your Mortron? Can he put his? Do, is that a thing that they do? Or okay, continue. Because <laughs> they're because they're little wormy. Books, oh, because so they're like, I see. Yeah. No, uh, he. I'll tell you now. He got them when the Yurks were like trying to look for another sentient species to infest, and they sure. found these things. And it turns out their brains are too tiny to infest. Sure, sure. But they work as pets. Uh, like, oh, that's nice. So his he's got two Mortrons. Their names are Jerex and Larex. <laughs> Jerics and Larix. and Larix. On either side of him stood a creature like nothing I'd ever seen or imagined. They were each about three feet tall and four and a half feet long. They were mostly a dark, dirty yellow with irregular black spots. But the head and shoulders were deep red, uh, the deep red of the Yurk plants. The heads were tiny for the bodies, elongated, almost needle sharp. The mouths were long and narrow. Hundreds of tiny, bright red teeth stuck out, jagged and wildly different in length and shape. But what struck me the strangest was that the creatures did not have legs in the usual sense. They had wheels. 
Yes, wheels. Four of them, to be exact. The wheels were located where legs should be. Each was sloppy and irregular in shape, not perfectly round, but it was easy to see that the wheels were for real. There was mud and dirt all around them, and when I strained my stock eyes, I could even see where the creatures had left tracks in the dirt. Wheel tracks. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Their name are Jairus and Larix. Uh, there's a back and forth between the three of them. And Visser is kind of like insulting them and be like, oh, you're, you'll never get away and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Um, Lauren bends down and picks up a rock from like the pool that they're near um, and like softball pitches it, like underarm, like softball pitches it and it fucking <laughs> whacks Visser 32 in the face. Um, and both Visser 32 and El Fangora are like, fuck. You can throw like that? That's insane. Like, <laughs> right. your, your arms are powerful? Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, the, the Mortrons charge. They are, they, you know, he's like, oh, kill them, Jerix and Larix. I'm surprised if he got his pets, how come she didn't get her golden retriever? Like, how come <laughs> there isn't, like, an air buddy there? Maybe it's what you were thinking about. Well, maybe. I mean, Elfangor's family isn't here, but if he had thought about them, would they? You know? Sure. Suddenly, the creatures each split into two parts. The bottom portion, the yellow part with the wheels, swerved away. The dark red upper portion simply rose from the body, unfolded leathery wings I'd never even suspected, and flew straight at me. Oh shit, they're like Pokemon. They're like robot Pokemon or something. Yeah. So Elfangor cuts one in half with his tail blade. It like comes in and he's like, Psh! and he slices it in half, and then he slices the other one in half, and then each half grows into a full Mortron. Uh, so half of the wings turns into another beast. The other half of the wings turns into another beast. So there's two, one of the... two coming at him. For each one he cuts in half, one of the halves turns into another, like, winged half. And the other half goes even further and turns into a full winged half with the wheels. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like gremlins or something. So they decide to run. <laughs> They're like, well, yeah. fuck, we gotta get out <laughs> yes. of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Elfangor, like, or uh, Lauren, like, mounts onto Elfangor to, like, ride him like a horse. But yeah. she's like, what and the he... fuck? And she's like, please don't be offended. And then, like, and then like jumps up onto him because he can run faster than her. Uh, much faster, yeah. correct. So they end up, they, like, kind of get away. It doesn't seem like that they get pursued very far. Um, and they get away and they end up at a street that is lined with, like, houses and parked cars. And she's like, this is my neighborhood in Atlanta. Exactly. <laughs> in the suburb of San Diego. Uh, <laughs> uh, although we don't know where Lauren is from. Um, and that's true. Somewhere uh, near woods. So the Somewhere where Vietnam vets came from. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to Lauren's house. Yeah. Uh, and they go inside. And her mom is there in the kitchen. Uh, but does her mom go, hi, honey, oh, you brought a friend with you. Would you guys like some macaroni and cheese? Almost exactly word for word. Yeah, yeah, okay, so it's it's all a projection. And it's she's not... like, she's like, mom, what do you mean? This isn't a normal friend, he's an Andalite. And she's like, oh, you kids think you thought of everything. We had Andalites when we were young, too. And she's like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> okay, great. And Elfangor points out, he's like, this is a creation of your mom based from your memories, and because you knew about Andalites when you created her, so does she. You're, you're right, right. Right? So she kind of is like, fuck this, and runs out of the house. Right, they're not really her parents, that yeah. isn't anything, yeah. Elfangor's like, hey... Honey, you... you forgot a jacket! Elfangor's like, to the mom, is like, hey, can you show me her where her room is? And she's like, oh, it's upstairs, but leave the door open, you two. Like, it's like one of those things. So he goes and he checks her room out, there's some books, he flips through some of the books and magazines, and they seem to, like, 
stop halfway through and just be blank pages from there. And he's like, yeah, oh, that's where she only, stopped reading the book. It's only yeah. the parts that <laughs> she knows. That's where she stopped yeah. reading the book. Uh, and he finds a picture on her desk of her and what looks to be uh, a bigger, slightly older human, possibly male. It's her dad. Oh, okay. A I was going to say Santa Claus. A say picture Santa of her Claus. and Santa Claus, which is her dad. Uh <laughs> Uh, so he, he leaves then, he finds Lauren down the street in like a little field or like a clearing, and she's like got a baseball bat and like a bunch of softballs and is like lobbing them up and then like hitting them, you know? And he, uh, she's like all pissed off, and he gives her the picture of her dad, and she kind of softens a little, and then they kind of keep walking, and they reach the like edge of this little universe and see just blank white Z space if they look out into it and she even like tries to like put her hand over the edge and her fingers like curve up and back towards yeah, her oh, as so she a, hits so it's like a distortion in yeah, time and yeah, yeah, space yeah, yeah. yeah. Space, space, um and so they're like okay well we need to find the time matrix then and do something about this they travel along the edge for a while keeping like z space on their right or whatever um, and they, uh, are finding, seeing different elements of the three worlds. Um, they see her like school and she's like, oh my God, I brought fucking school into this world. Jesus. Like shit, shit sure. like that. Um, and eventually they come and they see a McDonald's and she's like, holy shit, Mickey D's and like runs in. Um, cause she's hungry and maybe the food will be real. Also, it's been kind of like a week or so since like she was kidnapped, we find out what they what the humans had been eating when under like the protection of the Andalites was rations of liquefied grass that they have around in case of like wounded or sick Andalites that can't go running. So nothing. She's starving. Grass paste is what she's been eating. <laughs> okay. Um and so they come to a McDonald's, they go inside, and the guy at the counter there is a guy at the counter, has no eyes. And terrifying. his face is covered almost like it's made entirely of acne. Sure, sure. The, which is what the boys look like well, at the and McDonald's. And she's like, she's like, oh my god, like, this is the McDonald's that me and my friends go to. And one of my friends even says that the guy at the counter likes me, but all I ever notice is how bad his acne is. What the fuck did I create? Like, you know. She created an acne monster. And Elfangor's like, well, the food might still be real. You should probably eat. So she orders a Big Mac, and he gives it to her, and she eats it, and she's like, oh, thank God, I made the Big Macs in this universe with extra pickles. That's how I always get them. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, while she's eating, uh, he, Elfegor, El- El- notices, like, a pattern in the patchwork nature of the sky and the, and the ground, and he's like, holy shit, I didn't think of it because we're 3D beings, but if you think about it from a different perspective, this is a hyperspiral. And she's like, what the fuck is that? He's like, it's a you know, time, space, shape that is a four-dimensional shape. That's why it looks weird to us, but there is a pattern to it. And I bet if we follow that pattern, we can find the center of it, which is probably where the time matrix is. What a crazy fucking, like... What a crazy concept to put in a kid's book. Yeah. Like, right. Four dimensional like shapes, like hyper Four dimensional shapes and time spirals and all of that stuff. That's a lot. That's a lot. So they figure the Visser didn't really chase them very hard because maybe he had the same thought and is also searching for the center and for the time matrix. Sure. So time to go. Uh, so Elfengor starts calculating the vectors or whatever and leads the way. And while they do, they talk about the history of the Andalite society a little bit. Um, but more or less, it's like they used to have cities and then they kind of evolved to be more like family, individual family based. And then once that got settled, they all started kind of doing their own thing. So, like, this family 
makes the alloy for ships this family makes the fuel source this family yeah. and then so the society kind of came back together but still keeping this sort of pastoral family group sort of arrangement sure instead of like big cities and shit uh she mentions what what is that word oh she mentions uh wiping her memory she's like i know that like you'll probably have to wipe my memory still if i even get home like blah 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 uh and he says actually uh without the tech on the jahar i can't do that first of all and she's like well would you and he's like honestly i don't think i would right now right and the reason he gives is quote i don't think i could stand having you forget me Oh, he does like her. He does. And remember also, she is a, like a kid. She's like a teenager. But sure. in the same sense, so is he. So it's this is before the questions start getting asked, this is not some weird age thing. <laughs> but anyway, they have a very she's, they have a very she's sweet She's always wanted a pony. He's always wanted a bipedal pale looking <laughs> They're perfect for each other. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can't uh, stand to having her forget him. Um, as they get closer, she starts writing him after a while uh, to move faster. As they get closer uh, towards the center, he, like, clips a foot on a rock and stumbles and she falls off. Um, and then notices that her fingernails are growing, like, way faster than they should be. Uh, are they, and, so they're in some sort of time dilation And he realizes now? so are his hooves. That's why he tripped. Oh, okay. Is she also getting older? Yes. So they, oh. bo- they both are. Yeah. So because the worlds start melting, and the worlds start melting together as they kind of get closer to this center, there's like smaller and smaller patches of just the Yurk or just the Andalite, right, right? Um, and they do figure that as they get closer, time is sort of speeding up. So she, you know, she she grew like a week's worth of nail in like a few minutes or something like mm. that, you know? Gotta bite those off. Um, so they finally get to a place where they find a vortex-looking thing made up of, like, all three worlds, like, swirling and swirling around. And they're like, well, that must be it. Like, <laughs> That's what we're going to. So they hold hands and they go in. They get through to... Oh, I should also say that um, Lauren asked Elfinger to hold her hand when they went into her house earlier. Okay, okay. Yeah. She was scared. Yes. Um, uh, so they go through into the center, and as they get through this, like whirling vortex of shit they eventually break through to the center and it's essentially like eye of the earth hurricane kind of thing calm nothing featureless flat ground inside and nothing is our is our floating orb there and in the center is the time matrix yes uh viscer 32 and four mortrons also emerge from the vortex into this center area Elfengor quickly cuts Lauren's nails, which were now like a foot long. Yeah, he like just nail so he like blades tail them blades them away. Yeah, the Visser tries to do the whole like, well, we have to work together to reset this thing again. And this time they're like, nope, you're we're gonna defeat you. And Lauren calls him out for it and says, he's afraid to fight you. I think mm. I think he's afraid to fight you, Elfangor. And Elfangor's like, why? He's bigger than me. He's got all the experience of War Prince Aloran under his belt. Like, why? And she straight up is like, exactly. Aloran saw you when you like blacked out and berserk moded those Hork Bajirs, and it scared him. And that scares this Visser. Right, that you're gonna black out and murder that everything you, that's here. You're faster. Yeah. You're better than him actually at fighting. Right. He can tell. Like you know. Uh, and, and that turns out to be true. And so, the, the Visser sixes Mortons on them, Mortrons on them. 
Yeah. Uh, and Elfangor, like, thwaps one with his tail blade, but turns the blade at the last second, so he, like, broadsides it and knocks it out. Yeah. Um, so then there's a big fight. Two Mortrons are attacking at Lauren. Elfangor is being attacked by a Mortron and Visser 32. Can can Lauren do anything? Does she she has a, she has her baseball bat with her. Oh, stomach. she has her baseball bat. That's right. Yeah, she's, uh, she's uh, Casey Jones. She them. almost immediately drops it, though, because she gets she gets hit by one and then drops it. Yeah. Uh, and then oh yeah so here we go here's here's this is this is this is the shit uh, <laughs> uh so in terms of what lauren is doing uh so she eventually he looks over and she, he sees that her hair is super long now too um so one of the mortrons is like tangled up in her hair mm. and the other one she has her hands around its neck and is trying to choke it mm. and then i saw a frightening thing Lauren's strong human hands were choking the life from the Mortron bird portion, and her fingernails, growing so fast that I could actually see them grow, were growing into the Mortron. Oh, she's about to rip its neck open! Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they're, they're fighting, they're fighting, that Mortron dies in her hands, she kills it. Um, the, the Visser and the Mortron that's attacking Elfangor, like, attack at the same time, like, one high, one low, kind of thing. Um, but, uh, what Elfangor says to us as an audience is basically, I could block one of them, but the other one would be a kill strike, regardless of which one I blocked. Oh, what does he do? He uh, blocks the, to- the the short one? Lauren fastballs the dead Mortron and hits the other Mortron out of the air. And, El- and Elfangor is able to parry the Visser's attack. Great job. Yeah. Uh, the Visser points out that whoever's left here, when the time matrix is used to, like, go back to where they were, will go back to where they were before they used it, which is on the Jahar being pulled into a black hole. Right, right. Right? But then Visser's, uh, Elfangor is like, that's fine with me if you end up sucked into a black hole, dude. And, right. And because he's now... And they kill the rest of the Mortrons. And then because he's now alone and afraid to fight Elfangor, the Visser is basically like... Fuck you, not the last you've seen to me, and steps back into the vortex. Into the swirling yes. abyss of the yes. three Away you... from the time matrix, because he knows, like, I'm not going to be able to do this now. So he's basically like, I'm now going to end up back on the Jahar being sucked to a black hole. So, bummer, but this isn't right. the last you've seen of me, Elfangor, right? Um, so th- they get to the time matrix, Lauren and Elfangor, and they're like, okay, we have to go somewhere real. It can't be the two of us doing this. One of us has to do this. We have to go somewhere real in the time and universe that we're supposed to be in. Um, and it can't be the Andalite world because, A, I can't, Elfangor's like, I can't answer for all the things I've done, the the disobeying orders and letting Aloran get fucking yurked and all that shit. They and, gotta go back to Earth. And also, I don't want to bring the Time Matrix to the Andalites because while at the beginning of this venture, I'd have said, no, they would never use something like that. I'm not They're, so sure anymore. They got scrupulous morals when it comes to battle time strategy. Um, so they have to, rather than use it, they have to hide it on Earth. Where are they going to hide it? So he says to her, imagine your Earth, your home, just as it is today. Picture every last detail, your mother, your friends, your hollow human house. Picture the time just after the script knot took you, an hour afterward. That was like, what, a week ago? Did all this happen in just a week? Yes, just a week. And we need to go back in time, before your mother would have noticed you missing, but not before the script knot took you, or we would undo this entire timeline. Maybe we should erase this timeline. Save Arbron, save Aloran. 
and the two of us would never meet? I wouldn't want that. Me neither. But more importantly, we wouldn't we wouldn't know the exact effects of rewriting all that history. It may mean the Skritna escape clean with the Time Matrix and then deliver it to the Yerks. No, we have to keep your timeline intact, and as long as the you you've been this last week doesn't encounter some second you, we'll be fine. Uh, there's one more problem. This me has aged. I'm older. I must be almost 18 now, judging from the way I've grown. People would notice. Yes, but imagine they don't. Imagine that you're 18 and everyone who's ever known you expects you to be 18. Is that really going to work? I don't know, but nothing else I've tried has worked so far. She smiled with her human mouth. Then I'll take care of driving the time matrix. Let's go. She placed her hands against the time matrix and closed her eyes. The swirl tightened around us and I saw images flash by. Images of a planet I had never visited but already knew and cared for. And then we were a million light years and one week away. Three years later. What? We don't even know about the mission? They just... I don't like it. Time skip. Damn it. I don't like it. Uh, so he buried the time matrix in the woods. <laughs> sure. Okay. He then used what is called a froless maneuver, which is the mixing of different DNA into a single morph. We've seen that happen before, like how Axe acquired all of the Animorphs and then made a different human morph out of like all four of them. Yes, that's correct. Same yeah, kind he's of their, thing. He's, Elfengor, he's, their, he's their baby. Elfengor acquired a few different humans and then merged them into a separate entity, right? Like those AI programs where they make people that exactly, aren't Angelina yeah. Jolie. Yeah, okay. Um, so he stayed a human and became an awful human. He did? He did. He Our al- Elfengor? Yes. Yes, he did. Ah, uh, okay. We're going to find out he lived his whole <laughs> life before this all gets erased. Okay, so he makes a fake human that's never existed. He stays a human. He okay, attends cause... college. Oh, my goodness. He's so smart. He's, he majored he's so in physics. In physics. He oh, of course, in physics. of course he did. Yeah, he understands all of it like a second language. He had to pretend that it was hard. And there's actually a fun little bit uh, that I, I will read to you. Um, I finished college at an accelerated rate. Not surprising, since I was a century or two ahead of all the professors. I began graduate school, but I was bored there, too. I had a job writing software for primitive human computers. It was the 1980s on Earth, and humans were just beginning to understand computers. I met a lot of humans who were working in the computer field. My human friend Bill used to come over to my room, and we would simply exchange ideas. It was hard for me to simplify my knowledge enough for him to follow. Everything had to be explained in simple human terms, using words like window to explain a childishly simple concept. Sure, of course. And my human friend Steve thought it was a huge breakthrough to use symbolic icons and a simple pointer rather than a lot of complex language. He could have gone back and stopped... Bill Gates from He could stop Facebook. Yeah, he could stop all that. He could have stopped it. He could have stopped Jeffrey Epstein, but he didn't do it. That's blood (laughs) on his hands. Um, At one point, he sees Chapman at the college. Yeah. But they didn't reset the time like that. Chapman should have been still on the Jahar hurtling towards a black hole. So he came back. Chapman doesn't recognize Lauren. And they even test it. She like goes up and is like, so how's your old friend, Mr. 32, or whatever? And he's like, the fuck are you talking about and who <laughs> yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So he, and he's not sure. And Elfinger's like, I have no idea how that works. No clue. Um, he marries Lauren. Uh, this he, is all, this is all going to get erased. All of this is going to be a blip in a bucket. He okay, takes, they get married. He takes the human name, Alan Fangor. 
Okay. Which is the name that signed, or that the, in the letter to Tobias, when we learned Tobias's true parentage, right? Is yeah. the name that he says he had when he was a human. So. And it was also Lauren's idea for the name, because a lot of humans shorten their names. So a lot of people just end up calling him Al Fangor. Sure. Which sure. is Al Fangor, right? Uh, does that mean that Lauren is the mom? Of Tobias? Yeah. It would certainly start to imply that, wouldn't it? Is she still alive? Elfingor comes home one day to his house, which he now knows not to call a hollow house, but just a house. Um, <laughs> yes, okay, okay. Uh, and he sees that Lauren's car is not there. She actually had a doctor's appointment today, uh, so that's why she's not home yet. He goes inside, and there's a, a, a man standing in his living room. And they have a brief conversation... And at one point, Elfingor gets a really sinking feeling, and he asks, not who are you, but what are you? And it's the smiley face from the from the mist. It is the fucking Elemist, yes. Yeah. And he goes, this is a real nice thing that you've been doing in here. You know all of this can't be a yeah. thing, right? And we're, we're coming down to it, but I kind of have a lot of reading to you for you uh, from now on. Okay, well, um, let me know my, what my reading assignment is. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'd never been sure I believed in Elemis. I still wondered if it was some kind of trick. He looked fully human, but of course, for an Elemis, that would be easy. Am I really an Elemis? The man asked, mocking. Let's see. I know that Arbron still lives in the tunnels of the Living Hive. I know that you made a universe once. You and the human and the Yurk called Visser Three. I jerked in surprise. Visser Three? Yes, he's advanced quite far in the Yurk hierarchy. Not even in 30 years, man. He went from 32 to 3 in 3 years. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. He should be dead. Should be dead. Do you really think you can play games with time itself? Do you think you can change things around to suit you and not make a mess of it? Are you so naive, Andalite, that you can't understand that time is a trillion, trillion, trillion strands all woven and interwoven? That if you twist and break one strand, it may have unforeseen effects in a thousand other places and times? Yes, he's alive, and he still inhibits Aloran's body, the Elemist-focused, gray, human-seeming eyes on me. He is a terrible enemy of your people. I shook my head. Humans are my people now. Oh, like the human named Chapman? Is he one of your people? You. It was you. You brought him back here and erased his memory. I undid an error in the time-space continuum. Chapman plays a part in what is still to come. Gross. I don't care, I said harshly. I don't care about wars in far-off space. Far off. Do you really think you're safe here, Elfangor? Do you assume the, Yurks, assume the Yurks will never come? I felt my throat clutching up. It happens to humans when they're upset or afraid. Will they come here? Elfangor, the first Yurk advance scouts are in orbit above Earth right now. Yeah. There's nothing I can do, I said at last. I tried my hand at being a hero. I failed. Failed? You kept the Time Matrix from falling into the hands of the of either side, York or York or Andalite. You saved the galaxy. I couldn't save Arbron. I helped destroy Aloran and deliver him to the Yurks and create the abomination he became. I wasn't able to destroy that abomination. I was weak. I was foolish. You refused to slaughter defenseless pr prisoners. You refused to destroy yourself in order to win a battle. You are wise for a primitive creature, but you also altered the course of time by using the Time Matrix. That has created awful problems for your people, for both your peoples. Your peoples need you. I laughed. No one needs me. You are not where and when you should be, Elfangor. The galaxy will get along just fine without me. The Elemist leaned forward and put his face close to mine. No, it won't. 
What do you want from me? I yelled, suddenly enraged. We want nothing. Liar! Why are you here if you don't want anything? We do not interfere with the affairs of other species. Then go away. Leave me alone. We do, we do not interfere, but sometimes we repair what has been shattered. What do I want? Nothing. But I can tell you that you've twisted and distorted time. Things are not as they should be. Battles are lost that should have been won. And what is safe now is endangered. I can't go back, I pleaded. I'm not an Andalite anymore. I'm a human. I have a wife. I have a place here. All a product of your meddling, the Elemis said. The human girl Lauren was meant to marry a human. You were meant to be a warrior, a great hero to your people, a mentor and guide to your brother. My brother was born? I knew my family was preparing. In this broken timeline, no, but you should... Uh, he should have been born. He has a job to do. And so does another person you do not even know exists. Without you and both both your peoples will be slaves of the Yurks. There is a battle, Elfangor, a turning point. Visser 3 is there, and you are supposed to be there right now. Um, oh, yeah. So he's like, okay, so you're going to take me back to this battle and everything. If I go back, if I ask you to repair the timeline, will it save Earth? Will it save Andalites? Will it save Lauren? No, not by itself. But what is impossible now will become in, will become possible again. Lauren will never know you existed, but you will know. You will have your memories. Uh, so then he takes him away to a battle. Uh, and then, but Lauren's pregnant. Um, as the Elemis lifts him through reality, he sees all sorts of things, kind of like those time strands that he saw coming off of everything before, um, and, and kind of sees them all again. Uh, and then... I saw a young Andalite who looked like I had once, so serious, so determined to prove himself. I heard his name in my mind, Aximile Esgaruth Isthil. Hello, little brother, I said silently. I saw Arbron, still alive on the Taxon world. I felt his Taxon hunger, but I also felt his Andalite pride. Hello, Arbron. You have become the hero I always wanted to be. I saw Lauren, and wrapped around her timeline now was another human who would be her mate. I had been written out of her memory. It tore at my heart to realize that I was now a stranger to her. And yet, I saw that some part of my own timeline still intersected her own. I still touched her future in some way. My line and hers converged, and then from those two lines came a new line, just emerging, just beginning to grow. What does it mean? I asked the Alamist. You have a son, Elfangor. Uh, so that's the timeline of his son. Uh, and then, so he's, at that point, he's like, well, fuck this then, take me back. I don't want to go. If I have a son, I want to stay there. I have a family. I have all this stuff. He has to go. It's he too late. To it's too back. late for him to go back. But where like, is yeah. he going to put him in time? Where, where does he drop him off? We'll see. Uh, but then he says, I saw the tiny line that was my son flow off through time. I saw pain and hardship and loneliness for him. But then, like a distant Nova, I saw a flash of light far at the edge of a still uncertain future. Across the galaxy, my brother's line reached to join with my sons, and four other bright, shining timelines formed together with those two. I knew I was watching something incredible and important, and I knew the union, this union of six timelines, one Andalite and five human, was the entire point of the Elemis non-interference. And non-interference is in quotes, of the Elemis quote-unquote non-interference. Right. He then says, is it all just a game for you? To the Elemist. Uh... To, to which the Elemist replies, yes, uh, but we are not the only great powers in the galaxy. There is another, older even than we, and he plays a dark game, Andalite. It is with him that we play, so hope that we win, Elfangor, Cyrenal, Shamtil, hope that we win. I saw a battle ahead. I saw my own body twisting and changing shape. I opened my stock eyes, tested my Andalite tail, 
and all at once I was on the bridge of an Andalite fighter. So, assuming that's the fighter that lands on the planet eventually someday, right? Uh, so he, no, not no. Uh, so he ends up in a space battle in this fighter. He sees the Star Sword, the Dome Ship Star Sword, where all of this started, under attack and losing to York ships. One of its engines has already been blown off. And he hears the he hears the message from the Star Sword to any remaining fighters in the area. Um, we are going to self destruct and try to take some of these Yerk bastards with us, kind of thing. Um, but then the blade ship appears and starts to like lance off the remaining engines of the ship, which would yeah. stop it from being able to self destruct. Right. Elfangor, oh, the 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 dome ship, the Star Sword calls. To all fighters, hey, someone stop that blade ship, but there's no response. There are no fighters left. Until Elfangor answers the call and says, I'll take care of it. I'm on my way. And they're like, El- what the, who the fuck? And then he's like, I'm Arist Elfangor. And they're like, you have been gone for years. Where have you been? What the I'll fuck? I'll tell you later. Exactly like, I hope I can tell you the story soon, Captain. Like something like that, you know? He calls the blade ship and it's like a hork and he's like, I need to speak to the Visser 3. And, and they're like, uh, who, why would we put you in contact with my boss? And he's like, tell him an old friend, El Fangor has some business to settle. And immediately the screen switches to Visser 3. And it's like, the fuck you met, you know, like that kind of shit. Um, so he basically starts flying at the blade ship, which is like poised to finish off the, the dome ship. And he's like, I'm going to full burn ram your ship and he's like you'll die and he's like i don't care if i fucking die i stop yeah. you you know like yeah, yeah, <laughs> like i'm yeah. gonna do it and and the blade ship doesn't really have time to get out of the way and he fucking does it and he he blows into the ship and he goes unconscious and he says i would have died if not for the fact that another dome ship arrived like right at that moment scared off the rest of the yurks and then managed to save him wow he is told he tells the captain everything that happened except the location of the time matrix right which is hidden on earth in a field correct uh, in the woods technically in the woods uh the captain says he's a hero uh and elfangor absolutely disagrees uh <laughs> <laughs> sure uh and then i have basically some to read until we're done young warrior do you think I don't know what happened to Alaran? Do you think I don't know about the quantum virus he unleashed in the battle for the hork world? Alaran was my friend, and when we were young Ariths together, he was a gentle, decent youngster. And funny. He loved to joke and play tricks. Yes, Alaran, but the war but war does terrible things to people. Some it raises to greatness, others it destroys. You did not mutiny against Alaran. You defended the beliefs he used to hold dear. You stood up for the people. It was strange. I felt like crying, but I no longer had human eyes, so I cried the way an Andalite does, inside my hearts. As for running away to this earth place, no one can be brave every minute of every day. No one can be brave all the time, and now you have a second chance. We need warriors like you, Elfangor, warriors who will not forget why they are fighting. Will you stand by the people in this awful time? Will you fight and be their hero? Yes, Captain, I will fight. It was many years before I saw the Earth again. I had fought more battles than I could count. I had won, and I had lost. The war with the Yurks dragged on and on. Neither side seemed to be able to destroy the other, and I wondered sometimes if, it, if that was just the way it had to be, or if the Elemis and their unnamed opponents were interfering to keep the war going forever. Who knows? 
A zero space rift had opened up between the planet Earth and the busy centers of the galaxy. That happens sometimes. But it meant that Earth, rather than being days away, was now months and months away. Maybe it was coincidence, or maybe it was those great powers of the galaxy playing their games with the threads of space and time. But finally, we did return. We went to Earth because we got evidence of what I already knew. The Yerks had targeted Earth. We went in the brilliant brand new dome ship Galaxy Tree. We, we game, came out of zero space and found ourselves outnumbered. We fought, but this time there was no last minute rescue. The dome was separated from the ship and plunged into Earth's sea. My brother, Aximile, a young Arith, Arith as I had been, was on board. And I, desperate enough to break my vow, took my damaged fighter down to the planet, looking for the place where I had long ago hidden the time matrix. By the time I landed, I was too weak from my injuries to even think about finding the time matrix. It was buried beneath the concrete foundation of a half-finished building. What had once been peaceful forest was now a construction site. I lay there dying, knowing that Mr. Three would pursue me, knowing that this time at long last he would win over me, and that's when five human children, no older than Lauren had been when I first met her, came by. Three boys and two girls, scared at the sight of me, but not so scared they ran away. One of them seemed especially drawn to me, and when I saw his face, I knew why. He could only be Lauren's son, my son. Hello, the one called Tobias said to me. I broke our Andalite law and gave these children the power to morph. See, I knew what human children can do. The Yerks came and I told the human children to hide, but Tobias stayed with me for just a few moments alone. Your mother. Tell me about your mother, Tobias. Your family. I was surprised. Or he was surprised. Troubled. She disappeared when I was just little. I don't know what happened. I guess she died. People say she just left because she was messed up. They say she never got over my father. I don't know. But I know that she has to be dead because she'd never have just left me, no matter what. But maybe that's just what I told myself. I don't exactly have a family. It was a fresh stab of pain in my heart, and yet I knew now that all was not lost. Go to your friends, Tobias. They are your family now. That's when I knew there was still hope for my adopted people, the humans of Earth. My son had survived. He was strong in ways even he did not uh, suspect. He would change the course of history. And oh, as I lie here now, seconds from death, clutched in the power of Mr. Three's monstrous morph, I can see clearly what I only guessed at before. I remember seeing the timeline that curled away from Lauren and me. I remember the burst of light as it joined with four other human lines and the line of my own little brother. Tobias was that line, and joined with these others, he held powers that would make Visser Three tremble. I, Elfangor, Cyrenal Shamtel, having transmitted all my last thoughts and memories to be sent through space to my people, now end my life. My Herak Delest is done. I go in peace to my death, and I leave my last legacy, as, as my last legacy, a single word for all the free peoples of the galaxy. Hope. The end. Oh, Christ. It's so sad. <laughs> All of these books end so fucking sad. Yeah, man. It's it, it, like the Elemis killed that woman. Like, for whatever reason. Well, like we the, don't know exactly then what happened to Lauren. I, At this point, she disappeared, assumed dead. And you know, I I, I'll, I'm going to put it as lesson. I'm yeah, going to put it as yeah, lesson one yeah, because we're going to sure. go into it. So let's go to lessons. Lessons. Yeah. No body, no <laughs> corpse. I will say it until I am blue in the face. Blue is an Andalite. No body, no blue corpse. Is, <laughs> uh, but I, but I, I hear you. 
But I don't even know if she's even in this timeline anymore. Sure. Or even in this sphere. Or if she, she was enough even... to like birth Tobias, I guess. But right. Yeah. But his timeline needed to happen, so he got to stay. Correct. Ugh. Okay. Well, after that emotional tale. Much like Macho Man Randy Savage says, it's okay to cry. Yeah, it's. it's I saw that. I saw that clip. It's great. It's great. You need to know it. I need to know it. People need to know it. It's okay. Uh, (laughs) I did when I first read this, and even when I read it again during the notes, I I got a little choked up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. My next bullet point just says wheel legs. I don't have anything. Oh yeah, those guys with the wheel legs. Such a cool, weird thing. Don't have anything else to add to that. Uh, throwing is a weapon. It is. It is they, a big evolutionary development. It's one of the things our monkey bodies can do. I'm not going to tell you to go out in the woods and start practicing your throwing techniques. I'm just letting you know the government can't take your hands away. Your hands are always a registered weapon. <laughs> uh, don't forget a jacket. Even when it's don't hot forget, out, it might be. Don't forget to jacket. No, don't forget a jacket. <laughs> no, I know. I heard what you said, but I, I you know, I also yeah, heard the I, other I, thing. I, I, whatever that means, don't forget to jacket. Don't forget uh, to jacket. <laughs> I, I do it, and I know I shouldn't do it, and it's tempting, but you shouldn't bite your nails. It, oh, it, my, I'm, I'm so bad at it. I do it all I know. I know. Time. Yeah. I wash my hands, and it still happens. I know I shouldn't do it, but it's, yeah. I'm just saying, you should, you shouldn't bite your nails. Okay. Um... <laughs> It's so Softballs, satisfying. That's right. It, it is satisfying. Softball skills are skills for life. <laughs> yes. I, yes. Whatever you think you get away, you know, they say it sports builds character. It does. Well, and you know, baseball or softball, you pitch a ball, that thing is flying fast, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. You can do some damage uh, with that. A, a, a hollow house isn't a home until a heart is there. There you go. You can, it doesn't matter where your home is. Wherever the heart is, it can be a hollow or full house. There you go. Uh, liars are always going to lie. Don't trust them. Sure. If somebody proves to you that they're a liar, not that they messed up or like seek redemption, but like just a fucking liar, they're going to lie. Sure. David, I learned that one string can be broken. But if all the strings are together, well, that's a mighty rope, and a mighty rope is difficult <laughs> to break. The Elemis said it, and I and it went past, and I didn't make a big deal about it. But Lucifer is real, and his actions are at play at all times. The, and the, the dark Elemis, being, the the being older even than the Elemis that plays the a dark Elemis game. The Elemis can yeah. fight him as much as they would like, but the Satan is real. I y'all. want you to know, I very specifically wanted to quote that passage because it is the first hint we get at, at the at, at the whatever, larger Elemist game, right, whatever right, that right. is. Yeah, like up to this point, we've been like, oh, the Elemist is like the be all end all, but like, guess what, motherfuckers? Yeah, and speaking of those f- uh, motherfuckers, fuck the Elemist, dude. They we've been saying you've been saying that a lot this series. Yeah, the Elemist. They they ruin things. They just ruin or they take ideas. They take your know. life. You ask the Elmis, they... they'd say they're fixing things. Yeah, well, I'll let them know they're a son of a fucking <laughs> bitch is what they are, and they're fucking ruining everything. David, I can't believe I, I you know, you, you you were dragging your feet. I didn't know when we were gonna. I was a little this. bit, and I gotta I gotta give you the shout out the the props for like you have for the past couple of weeks been the one to be like, hey, let's record tomorrow. <laughs> 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 well. You've embarked on a huge journey. Again, this changes me as the reader where our kids aren't necessarily affected, 
But but now we see how it all ties into that uh, ultimate uh, story. Yeah. Uh huh. And eventually, Tobias is going to find out that he's related to X, that he's an alien. Well, he knows hero. that now. He like knows as that of the now. last, as of the last regular Animorph book, which would be the last Animorphs episode before this now trilogy. Right. Um, that's what he learned at the end of that book was that he is Elfangor's son. We're gonna deal with that. We're gonna find out where Mom is, where Secret Lauren is, and what is she doing. We know about the galactic evil. Sure. Um, and also not. I also wonder is, what those free taxons are up to. You know, like right. And we're also out of lessons now. Yeah. But that <laughs> Axe has greatness in him. He's already been great, but I feel that he has the ability to make real tough decisions. He certainly has more and larger parts to play in this. Yeah. Yes, and has been promised to us. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I, I This was such a big, not a diversion, but explains so many of the weirdness of the universe. I wonder how it does affect our children. This is When I was a kid reading the series, this is one of the books that I read the most times uh, because it felt like just a fucking crazy action sci-fi ride that like tied all these things together. Like as a kid, it was blowing my goddamn mind, you know? Like, yeah. And I read the Hork-Bashir Chronicles a ton of times too, as a kid, like those are probably the two I read the most times. And Hork-Bashir Chronicles, I read a bunch because I was like, oh, what did like an emotionally gripping story of like this doomed planet and all this stuff. Uh, but like this one, I was just like, man, what a ride. Like the whole time, you know? Well, it's an emotional roller coaster. I need to go bathe myself and cry in the shower to deal with all of this. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Visser 3, what his experiences are and if he shares any of this stuff with the kids. Because I feel like Visser 3 is the missing key of all the threads that we haven't got. And I know that you've showed me a bunch of books, but do we ever get like... The Visser Chronicles. I'm, I'm like making so many faces right now that the audience can't see. So what I want you to know is that in 15, no, 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 uh, so it was counting this book. So now 14, in 14 books, I think, we will get a book called Visser. Okay. And it is essentially the Visser Chronicles. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm making now, a note. 14 books from now. Yeah. I'm putting it on the wall. Now, in that 14 books, we will have a bunch of normal books. We will also have another Alternomorphs Choose Your Own Adventure. And we will also have uh, another Megamorphs, the third of the Megamorphs books. Um, but yeah, we get a, we get a Visual Chronicles. All of that and is in fucking consequential to and, me. And we, we will, uh, the, the we've seen a number of parts of Visser 3's history right in the hork bajir chronicles we saw him as the lowest rank yurk when he hadn't even gotten a fucking host yet and then we got to him as a sub a sub viscer seven and now uh now viscer three so yeah well a viscer 33 and then now 32 and then viscer three yeah uh but so so we will get to see that story i will tell you it is not necessarily only about viscer three Oh, it can't be. And and also, his he is so entwined in all of this. So many different parts. And the host that he takes on, he's got to have just a vault of memories. And he also has a twin that we currently don't know where he is, right? What do you mean he has? I totally Remember forgot the guy, about his the guy twin. who was in uh, J.B. Smooth's? The, the... Oh, that's <laughs> right. All right, David. David, I got to take the dog out. I forgot about I forgot about J.B. Smooth. I completely forgot about him and the and the and all of that noise. <laughs> also, 
you know, something that's been set up, even though the time matrix is underneath the construction the site, cons- which everything always comes back to that fucking construction site. Right. That doesn't mean anything to me. They sure. will burst down a wall or a pipe will explode or the, the, the element itself will something that will reappear someday. Uh-huh. So knowing that that device is there, I know that's going to show it's back a, Yeah, up it's again. definitely a breadcrumb for later. Okay, David. Well, that's that's it. We did it. Yeah, we, we did, did it. it. I know. You and did it. You guys. You did it. You, the audience, don't know that we have had a marathon recording session right now. Of uh, we just passed literally just now three hours. We uh, haven't done this since Bible days. This was yeah, uh, this what a, a one. what a trick. And in fact, I'm gonna let you know we might shoot ourselves in the foot because we said that these are gonna come out once every other week. Uh, you might have to release two and three at the same time. Ah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> we're we're okay. saying. I'm glad we're saying this is at the end of part three. So who knows? Uh, who <laughs> knows? I mean, if we want this, this gives us three weeks of episodes now. Sure. So. <laughs> but I do know that oh. I want to. Th- yes. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll let you say something in a second. But I will say not to not to overcommit ourselves. But I have it on pretty good authority that soon we will be able to take a journey back to a little island full of mystery. <laughs> yeah, we're going Lost, to Mystery Island? Lost will be back soon, I promise you. Hot fucking dog. Thank you so much, Zipper, for quitting your job. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what my transition was. It was something like, but that's our time, so now we gotta go. David, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, what do we? Where do we jump off next? Where do we? We're going. We're going back into a regular ass book. Oh, actually, I'll, let me get it for you. Yeah, hold yeah, on. Give me the book. Let me see the book. What are the boys look like? What are the girls? Is there a starfish on the cover? We going back to another dick ship? What are we doing? All right. Now, the last book we had, regular book we had, was Tobias. The last book we had before that was uh, the David trilogy. And, and, then, bef- and then before that was uh, Cassie. Cassie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are back to Cassie now for the next book. This is this will be book 24. It is Turn called... it into an anteater. Yes, it, that is an anteater on the cover. That is that's correct. A, that's a new morph. Uh-huh. And it is called The Suspicion. Ooh, someone's being sus. Okay. No more false endings. This is like Return of the Kings. This one's the real ending. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, I, again, I don't know where these books are going to go, but I it feels all encompassing. We're fucking getting to it. We're like we're like almost halfway through the series, kind of. Well, oh boy. a number of books from that, but yeah, we're getting there. Well, thank you for for being my shaman on this journey. Well, that's David Miller <laughs> and my wrist turned hero extraordinaire. Hero of time and space, Michael Santel. Thank you so much for joining us. Catch us on an episode of Storytime, and we'll see all you kids and cats next time. Okay, bye. Later, Blader. (laughs) That's our show. Thanks for coming around. Don't be sad. No need to frown. We'll have more stories. Don't throw a fit. Goodbye, one and all, and we'll see you in a bit. How sweaty are you right now? Not as sweaty as you are. Okay, cool.